Army veteran Grant Montgomery transitioned into financial planning with Infinitas. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Veteran entrepreneurs like you need a website address that'll make you stand out. Choose a .us domain. .us is easy to remember and connects your cause, business, or idea with the country you've served. Reserve your .us domain name for just $1 for a whole year at launchwith.us. All right, Grant Montgomery from Infinitas. Grant, before we get to talking about financial planning and, and what you're doing entrepreneurial-wise with financial planning, take us back and tell us what you did in the Army. Absolutely. And thanks for, for the opportunity today. I started off in the Army as a field artillery officer, uh, king of battle, definitely what I was excited about, uh, very enthusiastic when I got selected for the field artillery branch. I served for just over 20 years, and it was really cool that we got our first start. My wife and I got married right after I commissioned, and then we went to Germany for our my first assignment after the basic course. Obviously, Germany was just, just an exciting time to be there as a newlywed couple, no kids. We could take off and go do a lot of fun things there. Really one of the highlights of my career, although I enjoyed most all the aspects of my career. I had two assignments in the 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I was in 1st Brigade and then 2nd Brigade as well. Two years as a recruiting company commander in Iowa City, Iowa. That was definitely a lesson in in dealing with the public and, (laughs) and people that were you know, sometimes happy to see you and sometimes gave you a really weird look when you walked up and, and wanted to talk to you. I can imagine. Uh, one, one assignment on a transition team with the Iraqi army in Baghdad, as far as deployments, deployed for Operation Iraqi Freedom One, was on the transition team during the surge, and then Operation Enduring Freedom as well. And then finished off my career last five years in a combination of two ROTC assignments, first as an assistant professor of military science, and then I enjoyed the, the ROTC, the challenges, the benefits, and working with the cadets. And, and really, they got you really excited after being in the Army for 15-plus years, working with these cadets who were excited about being in the Army. It really re-energized me. And I, I decided to compete for being a, a professor of military science myself and, and was selected for that and finished up there, like I said, five years in ROTC and then, and then decided uh, we had found a home here in the Kansas City area. Schools are great. Uh, my wife and I love the area. And we decided it was probably time to hang up the Army uniform and, and focus on our family a little bit more, focus on the kids and, and make sure that they were happy in school and, and able to succeed for themselves, set them up, set themselves up for success. Now, as far as uh, finance or investing and, you know, how did you find, how did you find your way into financial planning? I'm, I'm curious, w- was that always like a real interest you had while you're, while you're in the military? I know, 
I, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually strongly considered getting out of the Marine Corps and going into f- being a financial planner and taking all the tests and doing that, but end up staying with the pilot route. So I've always been heavily interested in you know, investing and building wealth and kind of folds well into the, the entrepreneurial pursuits also. Um, I'm just curious, were you, do you always have that entrepreneurial instinct or that, that you know, real interest in financial planning and investing and wealth building? That's pretty cool that you were interested in it. I have. I really have. My love for financial management really began early. I was only 18 when I invested my life savings, which was the mighty sum of $1,000 in a mutual fund. Mm. And I was thrilled at that point that I was taking control of my finances and just starting to learn about compound interest. And that has stuck with me since then. Yeah. Ben, there's a gr- awesome story about compound interest with Ben Franklin. Like, didn't didn't he? Ben Franklin said that's like one of the you know one of the wonders of the world, one of the great wonders of the world. And he left his entire uh, when he was the what was it like the mayor of Philadelphia or something like that. He donated his entire salary to the city of Philadelphia, and uh, after a hundred years, they could take it, and then the rest of it they get after the next hundred years or something like that. But there's a cool story about compound interest and. Uh, Ben Franklin was fascinated by compound interest, but I still remember back the very first book I ever read that just totally changed my perspective on money and opened my eyes to this whole world of financial planning was Charles Givens' Wealth Without Risk. Do you ever remember that book? I have not. I have not read that. (laughs) It was back, you know, before the Robert Kiyosaki days and most of the stuff he was talking about was was legitimate. You know, he, he took a lot of heat being in the news and stuff, but it didn't matter. It it totally opened my eyes to that way of thinking and that mentality about starting to plan ahead and starting investing early and getting getting ahead on the compound interest game. And it just went from there. And I've read you know tons of books about financial planning, investing, and everything else. So, so as you're getting close to getting out of the army, what were your planning as far as transition was concerned? Did you know for sure you're going to jump jump all the way into financial planning when you got out? I did at the very end. It was probably in the last one to two years when I, I narrowed down my focus as to where I wanted to go, where I wanted to land after the Army. And so did you go right into financial planning when you when you retired? I did. I went to work for another company, a, a major a major you know an investment company, and then that really it wasn't the best fit for me and and then I, I met a met a contact, met, you know, just networking at a car event. I'm my side thing is I'm a gearhead. I love to work on cars. Mm. And I met this other gentleman and we were talking and he was also he is also in the financial planning industry. And he said, well, you know, might have an opportunity. We need to talk sometime and ended up talking to him and then ended up coming on board with him. Okay. And so Infinitas is it's its own financial planning company. Are you, are you you're considered an independent operator? Absolutely, yes. All right. So as a financial planner, what do you spend most of your time doing? Most of the time when we're working with people is we're getting to know people. When you want somebody to make a decision for you on on what's a good way forward to help you live your life, that person needs to know a lot about you. You know, we, you go in and they need to understand, you know, what, what are your hobbies, interests, 
where do you want to be? It's, it's really hard, you know, sometimes the, the common question is, hey, what are your goals and objectives for the rest of your life? Well, that's a tough question for, for most people. But, you know, where, what do you want your family to be able to do? How do you want to live your life? You may not know what your goals are in 20 years if you're 30 years old, but you know how you want to live your life. You want to do these kinds of things. You want this type of lifestyle. You want to provide for your family. Maybe it's travel. Maybe it's it's supporting a, a certain college, your alma mater. You, you know how you want to live your life. And that's what we get to know with people because it's the, the differentiation is being right brain focused. Want to know what's going on, what are, what are people's passions, and how we can support those passions. Yeah, so um, in the process of, of getting to know people, do you develop plans and strategies that, that differ widely or dramatically? And I have to confess, I would think that most people's financial plan means when I retire at this age, I want you know, basically want to have as you know much money as I possibly can. But that's probably wrong, is it? So, do you really develop that many different and various strategies for different people? Oh yes, yes, we sure do because everybody's lives are, are very unique, so different. How we're going through life what our interests are, and maybe it ranges from church to the to golfing to aviation, just, just anything. All those things factor in to how we set up a plan with someone. So do you have like, uh, I'm, I'm digging kind of deep here. So in your office, do you have like templates that you just drop on, on that will fit certain scenarios pretty good or you pretty much start from scratch, um, you know, kind of an a la carte system when you're sitting down with somebody? This is how I start with someone. I bring in a blank notepad and I ask questions. <laughs> so you definitely are starting from scratch. Yes, definitely. There, so we don't, don't have any templates. Anything. There's no standard, you know, okay, you're, you're 35 years old. You're married with two kids. This is what you want. You want to retire when you're 55. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. And uh, so are your, like you specifically, are your clients, uh, like what kind of age range are some of the clients that you're dealing with? Is it, is it pretty broad or are they pretty you know, similar to your own age? The age range is pretty broad from late 20s to late 50s. Maybe the majority might be closer to my own age, forties. Mm-hmm. And so a little personal question, when somebody comes in, that's, you know, significantly older than you, do, is there, do you ever deal with, uh, you know, somebody that's older, wiser, uh, having an issue with trusting somebody younger? Very seldomly. It, it does come up. A question like that will come up occasionally, but what we have is our, our education and experience. I mean, you know, you've, you're older than me, you know, even if you're in your, your 60s or 70s, but you didn't focus on this. It's like taking your car to the mechanic. When you go to the mechanic and you're getting something worked on, a timing belt or a water pump or maybe just spark plugs, to, and it's a 25-year-old mechanic, is that, is that your biggest concern? Yeah, I mean, good point. No, no, no I mean, 
as long as he knows what he's doing, he's probably got, you know, he's doing it every day. So um, that's probably where the expertise comes from, not necessarily the age. That's right. But it, it does come up occasionally. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. My goal is to help veteran entrepreneurs like you thrive and grow. So trust me when I say choosing the right web address for your business is crucial. It needs to be short, relevant, and easy to remember. But it's hard to find one that's still available. I have the solution. Choose a .us domain for your business. With .us, you can connect your cause, business, or idea with the country you've served. Plus, .us is distinctive and easy to remember, so your business will stand out. A short and relevant .us web address helps with building brand recall, which can also drive increased site traffic. Best of all, .us has availability, giving you a better chance of getting the exact domain name you want. You'll be in good company with some of the country's heavy hitters, like Zoom.us and MasterCard.us. Reserve your .us web address today while there's still availability. I've arranged a special offer to help you get started. Register your .us domain for just $1 for a full year. Plus, you'll get three months of Weebly Website Builder for free. Don't wait. Let .us serve you. For my special offer, go to launchwith.us. That's launchwith.us. All right, we're back talking with Army veteran Grant Montgomery from Infinitas. So, Grant, I wanted to hit you with a couple of scenarios. Um, since you retired, and, and I'm retired myself, most folks in the military, if you end up retiring, you have this decision to make when you retire. And whether you, um, you hear all sorts of different theories on this, but when you retire, you have you elect to pay a significant amount of money each month out of your retirement check so that if you pass away before your spouse, your spouse starts will still collect half of, of your military retirement. And I know a lot of friends, colleagues that retired, and most guys would sign on to it and say, yeah, that's probably the guarantee. So if something did happen to them, their wife uh, or husband's not left with you know nothing. But the, you, do pay, you do pay a pretty price you know, for having that guarantee of half your military pay continues to go to your spouse after you die. And I know some folks that, and now if the military member elects to not do that, the spouse has to come in and actually sign in front of a notary saying, I, I realize what, what we're giving up here and what the, ch- what the risk is. But I know some people that have them as a couple have done the research and elected to just get like some kind of insurance policy right out of the gate. And so that way they don't pay that money out of the military retirement. And if something does happen to the military member, the spouse just gets the insurance money instead of, uh, you know, the perpetual retirement amount. So have you done the analysis on that? And, you know, I'm sure it's one of those depends answers, um, age and everything. So what, what, what do you find typically is the best thing to do? I do the analysis for that for people have done it several times. What you're referring to is the survivor benefit plan, the SBP. And, you do. You're right. You have to go in with your spouse if you're going to decline it, and, and in front of the notary, and they have to say, "Are you sure you want? You don't want to do this?" And then your spouse can can sign saying, "No, that's fine." He's going to, here's the service member is going to decline it. It does, like you said, it, it depends on the unique situation. And as I mentioned before, we do look really deep into everyone's individual 
their personal, their family situations, because there are just so many variables beyond people asking me, how much should I save every month or every year? Okay, you need to save 10 to 20% of your gross pay every year. That's a great rule of thumb. But beyond that, every piece of financial advice needs to be suited to the individual, to that, that family, to whoever it is. It needs to be tailored for them versus a cookie cutter approach. And you, you alluded to that earlier with the question about, are there any templates for financial plans? No, we don't use any templates. Don't use any cookie cutter approaches. May use some similar concepts in different in different places, but it's all still very unique and designed for the the person for the client. With the survivor's benefit plan, the most important idea or item that that provides for retired service members, their spouses, their family, is peace of mind. And that's also what we look for with our investment philosophy. If we're talking about if insurance is a need, because we're, we're kind of talking about annuities and insurance with the survivor benefit plan, but we want everyone to have peace of mind. You want to be able to sleep at night. If you're invested in, in these very aggressive, high growth investments, and that's your whole nest egg, you're probably going to worry about that every night. You're going to watch the stock market. You're going to watch the news. You're going to check your phone. And when things are down just a little bit, you're going to think, holy cow, this is, uh, this is, this is horrible. I can't sleep at night. I can't stomach this. This is not what I signed up for. You want your peace of mind so you know what you're invested in. And you know, if the stock market's up, that's great. When it's down, that's fine too. You know, we've taken that into consideration for the plan. Just like military operations don't go as planned after you cross LD, after you cross the line of departure, mm-hmm. and the enemy has a vote. Okay, life has a vote here, but we're going to have a plan that accounts for that, accounts for the changes, and we're going to go and review it. You know, we're going to do AARs, after action reviews, but I don't call that with people. But that's what we're doing, whether it's quarterly or semi-annually or annually. We're going to meet together again, and we're going to talk. Maybe it's in person. Maybe it's over video conference or, or just the, a normal phone. We're going to stay in touch, and we're going to talk, and we're going to make sure the plan is set up so you're comfortable and you have peace of mind. And again, back to SPP. If paying for that, the, the percentage of your retired paycheck or your, your pension, if that amount gives you peace of mind for your spouse or it gives your, your spouse really the peace of mind, then it's definitely something consi- to consider. If you think you can find peace of mind in other places, and there are plenty of other options, as you discussed, insurance policies, if you're comfortable looking at other options, then certainly you know explore some other options and see what all is out there that we have an abundance in the in America plenty of things to choose from and then it becomes the conversation with with you and and your spouse how do you feel what do you think in some conditions that might factor in maybe it's it's children you know do you have older children younger children do you have any type of specific medical situation that 
that has a, a higher probability of affecting one spouse or the other later in life? Is there, and that's where I, I talk about the unique search circumstances. Everybody's unique, and we need to account for those and, and consider those in, in the planning process. When we're developing courses of action and doing our military decision-making process, it's, it's very similar. We just have some different terms and different tools in there as we're doing it. But, but the Survivor's Benefit Plan is a, good, is a good program. It's there. It's available to everybody, regardless of any type of medical condition. You know, you've served, you retired, and you are eligible to take advantage of it. Definitely want to consider it. I tell everyone, definitely consider it. Yeah, so it sounds like for a lot of people, it definitely completely makes sense. For other people, it may not, but it is peace of mind. It is guaranteed. It's backed by the U.S. government. It's tough to go wrong, I and mean, you can't get you know, more reliable than that. And that's right. Those are things that you really have to keep in mind. It's backed by the U.S. government. You know, it's reliable. You're going to get that check. Yeah. So one of the other questions I had always comes along with uh, you know, financial advisors. Um, a lot of people, I think there's this stigma that they don't want to go talk with a financial advisor because it seems like there's a lot of them out there that, well, they're just going to try to sell me like some expensive whole life insurance policy or something like that. That's really how they make their money. Right. And unfortunately, that stereotype doesn't exist. I wish it weren't the case. I I wish I could say no. I've never heard of that, but I have certainly heard of that. And the difficult concept here is, you know, you're not buying a car. You're not buying a thing. With me, I'm providing a service. I'm providing advice, guidance, direction, just a sounding board for people to talk about, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think about that? You know, any when people come across just any kind of financial decision that affects them, that's when they call me or send me an email and say, hey, this is going on. What do you think about this? And there are insurance product, insurance policies, typically the, the person who, who sells, the agent who provides you that, that policy, they make their money up front. They get a, a percentage of whatever that policy is, however it's the percentage is broken down mm-hmm. and then they're done. Like they're never, they're not going to make much more money from that. And so they're, they're kind of just done with you there. They want to move along and, and find someone else. Yeah. My direction and guidance is, is ongoing. It begins when we, when we first meet and then it, it just goes, it goes on. And that's what I encourage people. When you want to work with someone else, look for someone that you can have an ongoing relationship. And that can be in many cases, you pay an annual fee and uh, for, for this year, we're going to look over your finances, set up a plan, and, and that's it. And maybe you're just going to come back in two or three years. You don't, need to, you don't need to talk every six months or even every year. There's lots, lots of different ways to do that, but you want ongoing support from someone. And you can find that in a lot of places versus if you just go – you can go to the internet, and there are lots of apps for your phone or websites you can go to – and you can do investing and it's, it's quick and it's easy and there's lots of choices and that's fine. But what I provide people are, are personal connections, one-on-one conversations where I can help improve other people's lives. Yeah. So at, at uh, Infinitas, like how, how is the fee structure set 
what's the cost for the the client? Where are the costs coming from? Is it performance based and all that? How do you, is there a way you can explain that? I hate to start off with it depends, right? <laughs> of course. But it's going to be it's a a percentage. It's going to be some type of percentage of the assets of of how the the work. It's based on the scope of the work as well. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're looking at too. Okay, so you've been doing uh, financial planning, financial advising for quite some time now. What kind of skills, uh, if you think back about your time in the army? What kind of things did you learn from the military that have contributed to your success on this in the on the civilian side? We talk about on LinkedIn and in, in networking that the soft skills that you get in the military or in the army here that applies to any job, and it really does. This is where a human touch is important. Getting to know your people as we grow up through the military, it's always stressed. Make sure you know your people. You know, know what they're doing on the weekends. Uh, try to help them identify problems. Like, you know, if they're gonna do some, if they're gonna go skydiving. Hey, let's talk about this before you go <laughs> skydiving, and, and make sure you're you're going to, you know, a, a reputable place to do this. You, you've done a little research, but it, it's getting to know your people, interacting with other people at a a small group level. When you're on a, a planning team, you're working with a handful of other people, and and you're planning some operation for uh, spend a long time planning these operations, just the, the interaction with other people, being able to understand, empathize with people and really put yourself in other people's shoes. You know, as you get to know people, you have to see things from their perspective to be able to help them go the way they want to go. And I think putting yourself in their shoes understanding people, being able to have a conversation. An old recruiting term was, you know, was fact-finding questions, open-ended fact-finding questions. Mm -hmm. That's how we get people in the Army. Mm -hmm. Don't just ask yes or no questions. Mm -hmm. Similar concept here. uh, Statements and some questions, and and not an interrogation, but leading statements of how people want to live their lives. Those are the, the soft skills that really helped me on a daily basis. Yeah. So there's a lot of folks in the military, you know, that are really into investing and playing the stock market and saving financial planning, all sorts of different routes and avenues. You know, there's quite a few of us that, you know, while you're in the military, you think about possibly getting out and going into financial planning. So if you're talking to somebody that's, that's in the military or getting ready to get out and go through a transition and they're looking at, some type of financial planning as a possible career, what kind of advice would you have for them? You want to start with looking with at the certified financial planner coursework, getting that certification. And that provides the the backbone, the foundation. It's like officer basic course mm-hmm. for financial planning. And then there are plenty of other certificates that you can add on there, wealth management, working with divorcees, all these other different areas of focus. But Certified financial planner gives you the overview of the process. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of those certifications and stuff, that can still be acquired while you're still on active duty. Right, exactly. Yeah, so you can set yourself up, you can get a taste of it, find out if you really like it or not, um, have a lot of that stuff taken care of and have those have those hard skills, those certificates and uh, requir- you know, requirements done before you even get out, which would definitely help. 
the the other part of that is there are so many different types of financial planning firms and companies and individuals go out and network and we're happy to talk to people you know as you know when you're reaching out to other veterans they're almost always happy to to talk to people about what they do and how they do it and expand their network pass along their connections to other people but going out and and doing those informational interviews at other places and just seeing what's out there. Yeah. Well, hey, Grant, uh, we're getting close to the end of our time. So on that subject, if somebody does want to you know, get a hold of you or find out more about Infinitas, uh, how do we find you? LinkedIn's a great place to find me, Grant Montgomery on LinkedIn. Uh, email address is grant, G-R-A-N-T, at Infinitas, and that's I-N-F-I-N, I-T-A-S-K-C.com. All right, Grant. Well, thanks for uh, sharing your entrepreneurial success story. It's, uh, you've been uh, retired for a couple of years now. looks like you've landed on your feet with uh, your transition and pursuing your entrepreneurial dreams through financial planning. So I appreciate you sharing your story. We look forward to your future success. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity and hope I can help some other people here. You bet. All right. Well, these two veterans or Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>